Yo, 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 yo. All right, all right, guys. So today is um, 10-5-2019. Two, 10-5-2009. Fucking teen. So uh, today actually is Saturday. And I'm going to do this episode in a couple of parts because I got still a weekend to go. Stuff to talk about. Stuff I have to do. And stuff that I need to see. So... But let me start off with what's already happened, because I've had a busy week. Um, busy, busy week. So busy that I haven't had a moment to really stop and pause yet. Damn, I keep yawning every time I start these fucking things. But anyways, so today is October 5th. Uh, my week... Started off hectic in the beginning today. Like I said, Saturday. I think I started working Wednesday, Thursday. Actually, Tuesday. Tuesday I had an inspection in a job I'm doing or did in um, Whittier, in the city of Whittier, California, South Whittier to be exact. So I had to go get wait for inspection. Uh, in Whittier. You know, at like all day Tuesday. Now the thing about it was I started. I went to go bid a job, went to go look at it and give a price. Another, I can't say he's a contractor, but he's another guy. He's an unlicensed contractor. That's what he is. He started the job and then he left it abandoned because the homeowner was requesting that permits be pulled so that way it's done correctly with the, you know, the county and all that. And while that isn't an issue for a contractor like myself that is licensed, for an unlicensed contractor, you cannot just can't get it and the homeowner I told him you know what's the deal and he left the job abandoned for like two weeks now he left his equipment there and his tools there at the job when I went there to go look at it I was like yeah I can move his stuff out the way you know I can I can move it you know what's gonna happen to it is anybody's guess because you know if I move it and I put park it on the street and then it's you know stolen my question at that point becomes who's at fault, you know, him leaving it, abandoning it, me touching it, you know. So there was a little bit of a scenario there. But anyways, I, st- I went and I got permits and then I had inspection for Tuesday of this week. And when I showed up, you know, because I went, you know, I like to meet the inspectors if I can. You know, you don't have to be there for inspection. You, you know, they don't require it. All you have to do is leave a little baggie there, you know, with the permits in it, something highlighted saying this is the permits, and all they do is look at what you're doing. You go inside, check for smoke and carbon uh, filters are in place, and you're done, you know. But back to what I was saying is Tuesday I showed up. Like I said, nothing was out the ordinary except for that this unlicensed contractor guy pulled up like literally the same time I pulled up. And you know, you know what he knew what the score was, he knew what was the deal, and I so did I. But you know, so I went to the back backyard making sure that you know he didn't touch anything, that he didn't um, like try to sabotage the job in any way. So you know, I went back there, got my permits in order things of that nature and you know just kind of just watching him and he was watching me you know 
nothing happened to it. Nobody was going to come do blows, nothing like that. But it was just kind of awkward. And then just awkward in the fact that I was like, yo, bro, like, get the fuck up out of here. Like, not that I was like competitive, but I was like, dog, like, the homeowner had been trying to contact him for about a week and a half. And I think the only thing he said was he was sick. I was like, bro, it's kind of shady as shit, but whatever. So that was Tuesday, and I had to wait all day. You know, 10 to 2. Even though that's like, you would think, wow, from 10 to 2, just being somewhere, that's really easy. But the job's far away from me. The job's about 45 minutes with no traffic. 40 minutes if I'm, there's no traffic. Two and a half hours if there's traffic. So, you know, in the morning, I tried to jam over there. I got up there at 9. And, you know, it is what it is. It's just like, well, okay. Then I left because the inspector showed up at like 2. I left there like at 2.30, drove home in traffic at that point. No avoiding it. So, you know, it's whatever. Um, That happened Tuesday. That was kind of interesting. And then also, you know, so I got to go ahead and start the job on Wednesday. Now, Wednesday, I was like, yo, it's a lot of work to be done on Wednesday, right? It was a big, big, you know, a lot of things had to get, had to correct a lot of things that the guy had left. Anyways, Wednesday showed up, you know, I had to get people in order, everything in order, everything was going, you know. So Wednesday, and then I worked hard because Thursday happened to be my birthday, which is 10-3, you know, uh, October the 3rd. So I wanted to work extra hard on Wednesday, so that way Thursday, if I had a chance of finishing, you know, I could get off for a little bit early, you know, celebrate my birthday, blah, blah, blah. So Wednesday, I hammered it hard. Just was, you know, balls out, like, putting a little, little bit of extra hustle in it. Got me some blood blisters on my hands. Um, that Wednesday happened. Thursday rolled around, and like I said, it was my birthday. Woke up extra hype because I was like, well, um, you know, we're going to go out to eat dinner, pick the place. Um, Thursday night football, which was the Seahawks and the Rams. And then the NLDS with the Dodgers and the Nationals, game one. So that was on the docket, but I was thinking, damn, like six or seven when I get in. But anyways, Thursday went around, went to work again, hustled it very hard, and got done with my whole entire job by like 1, 1.32. That was like probably like 1.30. So we picked up, got all that stuff done, headed home, boned out, you know, fucking just fucking dipped out to my house. Got home around like 4.35, I had a shower, changed, do all that good stuff. Uh, my babe brought me, bought me a, not a snapback, a fitted camo Raiders hat with some mesh on the back. And, you know, I wore, I was wearing it the other day, even though it's only, I was wearing it yesterday as a matter of fact. But I was wearing that and then, you know, she got me a little card. So much, much appreciated for the birthday hat. Um, and then... You know, that was when I got home. Anyway, I worked all that day. You know, damn, I was jumping around kind of fast. But I worked all that day. And, you know, we, we finished the whole job in like two days. Day and a half, actually. 
So, you know, like I said, we finished up about 132, 130. And I headed home. It got stuck in a little bit of traffic. No big deal. And basically just fucking boned out to the pad. Now, we went to this place called Augie's. It's in my town of Fontana. Uh, it's a nice little pizza brew house kind of deal. With, you know, a, not necessarily a bar atmosphere, but a more of a, like a sports bar feel to it. But it's a pizza sports bar, as you could wear. Sports bar. Um... And so we got there, we got there. The games had just started. Both the Dodgers and the Seahawks were on about the same time. Now, we showed up. I'm like a Raiders fan, right? So, it's no big deal. But, I mean, the whole bar was like Seahawks and Rams fans and Dodgers fans. And then there was like me, a lonely fucking Raider fan. Now, I mean... Seahawks fans are not known for being violent. Neither are the Rams fans. And I didn't go there with any intention of getting into any bar fights, you know. Gotta find that kind of like... People fighting over sports is ridiculous. Yeah, if you win, you win a big game, you want to gloat a little bit. But to the point of fighting? Or to be cussing a motherfucker out like, Yo, bitch, you're, fuck your team. Well, actually, I mean, I would get that way if it was Patriots, but... Anyways. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like, you know, it was pretty chill. Everybody was cordial over there. Um, and then, you know, we had some pizzas. I had a... We had some appetizers as well. We had a lettuce wraps. We had... Um, some garlic knots, two pizzas, a couple of beers, you know, and then that was it, you know, just how we were done with the food part of it. But then we we ended up watching the whole Dodger game. The Dodgers won, which was game one. That was a good win, 6-0. to They lost game two, which was yesterday, actually. But, you know, I didn't get out of there. I didn't get home to about 10. It just fucking been on the go, man. Like, that was crazy. Like, it was my birthday was, you know, it was a crazy day. I went from one extreme to the other, like, working really hard, really fast, as much as possible, and then just fucking, you know, going all and celebrating, you know, my birthday with me and my mom, my nephew, and, and Bay. You know, and my mom actually got me a shirt. I have not opened it yet, but I'm going to open it tonight. Um, but yeah, that was my birthday. That was Thursday. And then yesterday, okay, this is where like I said my week is still kind of crazy and all over the place. Yesterday uh, was my cousin's wedding uh, in Bakersfield, which is about a two-hour drive, no traffic, three, three and a half hours with traffic. Um... But I had to get up in the morning, I had to get the guys going, you know, I had to go get them some diesel so they could take their machine back, you know, and do, and, but I mean, we finished up on Thursday, the project, we did finish up, but I still had to do all the cleanup. Um, the cleanup, you know, consists of sweeping up, picking up all the trashes, doing all the light work, which took them a few hours, you know, but the job was done, all the heavy stuff was done, all the, 
main trucking and tractoring and compacting and stuff was done. You know, the stuff I do. So and then they washed up and cleaned up the whole house, you know, did all that stuff. Now, I got up at six. Well, I was in Ontario at six to get some fuel for the guys. And then, you know, then I came back home, which is like, I got home about 7, 7.15. I actually woke up about like four. And then, you know, like I said, I got back home about seven, lay down, checked all my socials, did all that stuff. Uh, and that was done by like 7.30. And then I, I shaved. I took a shower, got dressed, had to stop and get gas. All of that, you know, brushed my teeth, everything, did the work, you know. You just did the work. I just did the work. I just, you know, got up and got ready and got to it, you know. So, we're leaving about 9, 9.30, and stopped to put gas and then jammed up to Bakersfield, which we got up there right about 1 o'clock. I don't know. It's still, it took a long time to get up there. Um, and I want to say we, we probably were on the, on the road at like 10. We didn't get there till, we didn't get there till one, like exactly. Oh, you know, we stopped a couple times. Everybody had to get changed and then stopped to get, use the bathroom. So, I mean, we got there at one, the wedding started at two, you know, so it is what it is, you know, just like. I was like, well, like, you know, like, going, the, the wedding started too. So the wedding happened, you know, we sat down and started saying hi to people. The wedding happened at 2, like, probably like 2.15 that we're doing, you know, everybody walking up. Now, the actual wedding part was really, really short, probably like 20 minutes. Uh, then, you know, a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of, like, you know, everybody does their vows, they do this, they do that, you know, photographers, everybody says prayer, you know, I've been to, like, the actual wet part, sometimes it'd be, like, an hour or two, even that's long, but, you know, this was, like, about 20 minutes in and out, I felt it was a good time, because, you know, it was just a good, a great time, like, it wasn't overly drawn out. It wasn't at no point like, wow, we're going to go eat, you know, nothing like that. So we get out, grab a couple of water, sat down, everybody's starting to grab their seat, you know, everybody's mingling, you know. And my cousin had a taco man, and they were going to have Filipino food. Now, the taco man was on time. He was already, they were grilling when we walked out the, out the wedding part. Because when you go, the next part is the reception, right? But we walked out. He was already, the taco man was already firing up. He's like, yeah, chicken, pastor, and carne asada tacos on deck. So, um, you know, he was fired up. And then, but the Filipino caterers were running behind a little bit, probably about an hour behind. So, everybody got a round of tacos to start. And then, you know, then the Filipino food had arrived. And then, you know, I wasn't first in line to get a plate of that. So I was like, well, I already had tacos. 
So I'm going to get a credit Filipino food. And then I got me a plate. It was really good. Um, pan C, a little bit of fried rice. Uh, and some other stuff that I recognize. I don't know the names of it, though. So that happened. And then I got another round of tacos, 10 tonight. So we were there from about eating from about, I want to say about 3.30ish to about 6. I was up in Bakersfield yesterday, just, you know, up there. And then I was like, yo, what time are we going to get going? Because, you know, I'm looking at a three-hour drive back, like, shit, like, you know, three hours is three hours, and we got to dip out. So, like, oh, we're going to get going around about 30 minutes. So, about 6.30, we dipped out, and I just fucking put the pedal to the metal, man. No stopping, no nothing, just, just fucking straight back to where I'm at, which was, you know, back to Montana, Ontario, zoomed back, got in about, I want to say like right at like nine, and I was just like, I was just beat, man, because I did all the driving, I was beat, I was fucking beat to shit, I was like, fuck, that was a long fucking day, you know, and then I passed out, and I woke up today, today being Saturday, October 5th. Uh, went out and got a little job done. You know, came out to the city of Cerritos to fucking estimate a job. Now I'm on my way back, but that's where I'm gonna. St- I'm not gonna stop this right second. But that's where my weekend stops because I still want to do the Joker. Sunday football's tomorrow, and I got UFC fights tonight. So I'm gonna be talking about all that probably tomorrow or Monday, you know, when I finish this episode up, but even before that, um, before that stuff gets done, I'm going to talk a little bit about Kublai Khan and fucking Spite, you know, I'm going to transition from where I was at, about how my, how my week has fucking been fucking, just fucking bang, 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 it's been a bang, bang week, like crazy, but in between all this, and I think Spy and, and Kublai Khan both dropped albums on, like, thir- Thursday at 9, or actually 12 p.m. Eastern, whatever, whatever the case may be, but both Kublai Khan and Spy both dropped albums, and Kublai Khan and Spy, bro, there's, like, 20 songs between them, and they're all absolutely just fucking mosh fucking bangers. They're just fucking mosh heavy bangers. Um, I don't got a favorite between the two. Um, you know, they're both, to me, similar bands. I've seen Kublai Khan now, like, once or twice. And I've seen Spite once. I've been trying to see them again. No, I've seen, you know, I've seen Spite once. I've been trying to get back to see that band. Um, they're on a phenomenal tour right now with Chelsea Grin, Acacia Strain, Traitors, and Left Behind. And it's like, bro, I would, what I wouldn't, I would fucking buy a ticket right now if I knew that shit was coming to LA somewhere. But anyways, both their albums drop, man. And, and Kublai Khan's album is fucking monstrous. Uh, Kublai Khan ramped up what they were doing. Uh, and the overall sound of it, it sounds cleaner, man. It's just gnarly as shit. Uh, Spite has also, they also tuned up and fine-tuned what they're doing. Um, 
you know, from nothing is beautiful to what this is, the root of all evil. Um, holy shit, it's fucking insane. Uh, yeah, it, it, and the album ends really well. Uh, Doom, and I think, I, don't, I can't think of the absolute last song. But, yeah, Doom is just, a, Doom is just a breakdown. It's not, you know, it's like an interlude to the last song, but it's it's a breakdown, and I like the way it's done. Um, Kubrickon's absolute is amazing. I think like Kubrickon set the tone. Like the first, bro, the whole CD is amazing. The whole album's amazing, but there's a song on there. And I'm like, bro, what in the fuck is going on? Like, I don't got the the track list down yet. But, like, it, Us and Them, Boom Slang, Lower Level, I mean, that's that some great songs. In a, uh, I can't think of the fucking song that, I want to say it's The Truest Love. There we go. The Truest Love is fucking wild, bro. That might be my favorite song on the whole album. Uh, the truest love is just, <laughs> I don't got the lyrics down to a T yet, but I'm going to learn the lyrics to that song because that song is fucking insane. I don't know. They go and listen to the truest love and also rain in hell and the offering to me, those are two songs combined from spite that they split into two, but. I would, those two songs combined is fucking wild. And like I said, Doom, and I can't think of the last song on the album. Let me look it up real quick. Let me just pull it up. Uh, Killzone. Killzone is crazy as well. So is Dead Set. Um, Incarcerated as well. There's fucking, bro, like I said, okay, Spite's album's got 11 songs. Absolute has 10 songs. There's 21 songs between both those bands that are just fucking insane. And, you know, wow, like, bravo to both those bands. Um, Spy actually has a show tonight for a CD release party. Uh, I would have liked to have gone, but, you know, can't, you can't win you can't win all the fights, you know. But, yeah, Kublai Khan's, and I'm, fuck, I'm fucking salty and actually really bummed I didn't go see Kublai Khan. The other day when it was sold out, what a you know would have gone, damn, like, damn, like, damn, bro. But yeah, it's amazing, and I and I've listened to both of those albums now. I've listened to Kublai Khan's album twice, and I've listened to Spites almost twice now. Uh, I listened, well, actually, I listened to Spites like three quarters of the way through, then I finished it, and then I started listening, and I left off where I was like three quarters of the way through the last time. I only need to listen to like. Uh, Killzone Doom and the song before Doom to finish it off listening it twice through. So I've listened to, but both of those CDs, both of those albums are short, so I can get, I can finish listening to it like several times really quick. Um, like I said, they're both just straight up mosh bangers. Like they're both just fucking powerhouse banging, fucking head banging, fucking mosh, fucking central, bro. Like crazy shit. Anyways. I've done that, I've listened to that, and like I said, tonight, I'm going to probably go to the homies, 
Uh, not probably. I'm going to go to the homies and watch the UFC. I'm not sure who's fighting. Going to watch the UFC. Got fucking Quiplash on deck. And then tomorrow, we're going to sleep in. And my Raiders are going to be on TV. It's going to be Raiders versus the Chicago Bears. The motherfucking Bears. Uh, play. And I think the Raiders are going to win this one. They're going to win it. Not that I'm, like, overly confident, but I just feel like I got a good feeling that they're going to win it. Now, you don't usually get that good feeling about my Raiders, but I feel like they can win it. I feel like this is a game that sneakily everybody's picking them as a loss, and they can win. They can just go and win it. And, and you know what? It's I think the Raiders need to score, like, two touchdowns, and the Bears cannot score that. It's just going to keep the ball away from the Bears. You know, the, I think one of the last times we played the Bears, we fucking kicked, like, Four field goals or five field goals on them and won it. So, I mean, that's might be all that's required to win this game. You know, so. Anyways, I'm going to cut this now off here. And I might bring my bro in. I don't, it just depends on how things shake out. But I might bring my bro in, you know, to talk about some of this other shit as well. Um, but stay tuned. I'll be right back. Yo, yo, yo. All right, I'm back. So, picking up where we left off. Today is Monday. Um, I think it's 10-6 or 10-7, 2019. And we are on a Raiders Monday victory. As you may or may not know, the Oakland Raiders beat the Chicago Bears. And I actually thought, even though the score isn't indicative of the the way we played, I think we thoroughly beat the breaks off of the Chicago Bears. Uh, and when I mean thoroughly, like I said, the score, you can't go off the score because I know the score was 24-21 or something like that. Uh, but really, we, like I said, we beat the breaks off of the Bears, and the Bears should not have even gotten close. Uh, the Raiders made it interesting, and as is the Raiders' way, it had me nervous you know, for a good minute, but that's, you know, we can dissect it, I'm going to dissect it a little bit, but let me go back to Saturday when I was talking to you guys, or, you know, um, the UFC fights, the style bender actually beat the brakes off of uh, Whitaker, and I keep thinking it's Forrest Whitaker, but it's not, it's some other Whitaker, um, and I think Holly Holm was supposed to fight, but she didn't. But the style bender, you know, uh, yeah, man, he's he's beat Anderson Silva, he's beat Whitaker, he's beat a bunch of cats now. That you gotta say, he's probably the best in his you know weight class. And I and I don't and it's not even close. Like, bro, the style bender is just he's just his frame. You know, he is skinny, but I, I never thought... See, John Jones is skinny, too, like, for his weight division. But I don't think that's actually a knock against those dudes. I think the length, because if you're all muscle power, those guys, like, for whatever reason, they don't got the reach. And they have to really lunge, like, to, ca- to catch you. DC, that's why DC, I don't think, and a couple times that they fought, they don't think they can beat... I don't think he can beat... 
John Jones. It's the length is is a problem. Like, you know, that extra in the in Saturday, Stylebender had like I want to say like a seven inch or eight inch reach on Whitaker, and he's also taller. And he was, you know, I mean, it's just like, bro, like, I, I, it was a total mismatch. The stats are a total mismatch. You know, Stylebender is just fucking long. And I mean long, I mean six inches. I mean, if it's an inch, you can make up for it. If it's two inches, even three, you can get in there. But in six to seven inches, I mean, just like what happened, you're going to leave yourself open somewhere. Uh, you, you know, and then the leg kicks, bro, like the legs just come flying out of nowhere. You know, everybody wants to go for the haymaker, you know. Oh, I'll catch him with one shot and he'll go down. But you get tagged enough times with some kicks, with some punches, and a qu- some quick jabs. The quickness, you know, the speed of a knockout is another thing. You know, there's power. You got to have a little bit of power. Obviously, if you don't work out, you know, and you're skinny, you don't got the force behind it. Those punches ain't going to matter. But if you got a little bit of force... And you're fast. I mean, to me, quickness, speed beats a lot of things in a lot of sports. Just overall speed beats beats things. You know, it doesn't. I don't care if you're a baseball pitcher, uh, if you're a wide receiver, running back, uh, if you're a fighter that's fast, if you're a track athlete. Sometimes just natural speed just beats things. Um, like I said, power, yeah, the power is there. You know, you need a little bit of power, too. You know, it's optimal if you have a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. But to me, Stylebender is just, he's just going to hit you with, you know, out of nowhere, everywhere, fast, and he's got power. Um, he's impressive. He's an impressive, you know, I guess it's Israel something. I can't think of his last name. But he he picked apart, and I really thought that Brown the match should have ended in the first round because he knocked out Whitaker right at the bell, and I think that actually, you know, set the table for him in the second round to like fully knock him out. And I really think it just comes down to if you're gonna fight the style bender, I mean, you got to get him on the ground. And not only do you got to get him on the ground, but you got to do it fast. Because the length, the length is a problem. You know, his length and his reach is just too. I think it's too much to overcome unless you got the same reach. It's just insane. You know, and he's so damn athletic too. I mean, he came out on Saturday, you know, doing cartwheels and shit, break dancing, you know, to the ring like. Some guys are not even that athletic either that are in the UFC. Like, I, I don't know. Like, they, maybe they are athletic, but, I mean, can you really... I don't know if Brock Lesnar can do a cartwheel, a standing, you know, cartwheel. It landed and then keep dancing with some rhythm. Like, you know, the stylebender hit a, hit a cartwheel, like... And was in, that was the middle of his dance, like... You know, 
that he wasn't trying. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't really. I mean, obviously he was like, I'm gonna do that, and then I'm gonna continue to do a little bit of dance maneuvers. But you know, he did that, and it wasn't like a full like a try. It was just part of his setup to get into the ring, and I, you know, it just overall he's he's probably the best fighter in that division, and he's going to be. So I don't know who's going to beat him. Um, yeah, that other pretty boy that was ringside not going to do it. I've seen that guy fight in another fight somewhere, and I'm like, no, that's not. All that power is for nothing if you can't reach your opponent, and by the time does he's going to be tagged up multiple times you have to be willing to take you see the way to be side i think you have to be willing to take a few punches kicks leg kicks you have to be willing to get tagged up for about a round before you know just to get a little bit of his you know stamina or a little bit of his strength off off of his you know that initial with all that adrenaline running, you know, that initial burst of energy, like you gotta drain that from him. And then you gotta you gotta wait till it's slippery. So you gotta sweat him up a little bit. And then you gotta take him down. And then you have to be willing to beat him or not get choked out yourself. Like you, you I mean it's, it's a hard tall task. Now you can't just catch up with the random right cross or an uppercut and KO him, as is the case with anybody, but his reach is just beyond belief, man. Like, it's beyond anything you can even imagine. It's crazy. His reach is stupid crazy. So, it's really hard to catch him. Now, I watched Triple G's fight with uh, the other dude, and I thought Triple G lost. I didn't see the first, like, round or two, and I know he knocked down the other dude. Um... Dervansky or whatever his name is. Uh, but I actually thought that other dude won. Especially going down the last couple of rounds. Really poured it on Triple G. I thought he more than made up for the knockout, for the knockdown. And also he fought through the cut. And he pretty much bodied up Triple G the whole entire fight. Like, you know, so I don't really know, you know. I thought he could have been like seven five, eight, eight four, maybe even six five or six, you know, a draw at minimum. But whatever you're finding Triple G's house and the, you know, D A Z A Daza, whatever they're called, you know, and their realm, you have to really knock him out or really put him on the mat like several times to where it's like okay he blatantly lost and if you call it any other way it's blatant you should not be judging but because he didn't get knocked down because you know it's in his house because several factors I mean he just didn't give it to the other guy and then I watched um I watched a couple of UFC fights we didn't do any quiplash but I hung out with the homies and I just like wanted to touch on the style bender because Bro, like, that man is an impressive human being. Like, the UFC, he's going to be on top of the UFC for a while. 
and rightfully so. And I think he should he should be. You know, he called out Marvel. He, he Marvel should give him something. <laughs> they should make him a character. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. That guy is crazy good. Um, I don't really know what else to say about him. Like, if you watch that match, he, it was not even it was not close. Like, it looked like you know he was filling him out more the first round, but then at the end he knocked him out, and he was saved by the bell. And then he really knocked him out. And, you know, much much credit to the style bender because he went in there and he could have really dropped, like, two or three elbows on Whitaker. And it kind of looked like he punched him once. And then, like, the ref got in there. And he, he, I think he knew, like, he was out cold. So you got to, you know, much respect to the style bender, you know, you know, knowing when to just relentlessly let off people. You know, you're not trying to kill the person. I mean, even if they're talking shit, put him on, you put him out, you put him out of their misery, like, boom, knock him out, I and mean, there's nothing they can say when you come back from that, like, oh, you caught me, I don't know, you know, it's part of the fight, like, you caught, you got caught, uh, Forrest Whitaker got caught, and that's what it is, but, I mean, he got caught with a two-piece counter that really put him out, you know, the Stylebender just, you know, the Stylebender threw, and I think, an impossible knockout punch, a fucking fadeaway left cross to the chin to knock out, like, his body, there's not, you know what I said, you had a lunge war to get that extra little power, Starbender was all the way the other way, insane knockout from the way he was knocked out, if you can imagine, if you get pushed backwards, and you're falling, and your legs are not moving, and you got your stance, and you're leaning back, and you throw a left cross, leaning back, mind you, leaning back, and you got all your might, even if you have all your, but you're not going to hit him at maximum strength as if you were leaning forward, like, with both your feet planted and going, leaning forward, and he was going backwards, dodging, and connected, and put him out, like, that's the scarier thing about the style bender. Like, if he had teed him up correctly, he probably would have been out for, like, five minutes on the canvas. Like, that's the crazy thing. Like, you got to watch. Like, I was looking at him in the slow-mo. Like, dude, he's, he's leaning back. He's actually dodging, you know, his all his core muscles pull him away from the dodge. And he still mustered enough strength in his core muscles pulling back to channel it through his core up through his arm through his fist and into Whitaker's face like and put him down like and he went down then caught a punch and then the ref stopped it and I think that was a that was a correct call because uh, he had already been knocked down in the first round like he was if he would have got him and stood him up or he would have just took a beating on the ground I don't know I don't but he would have been knocked out again, like, if he would have stood up. He, and it probably would have been worse, because he would have been already seen stars. You know, it's the correct call. You can try to save the fighter. He can fight again, you know, six months from now. You know, four months, five months from now, you know, regroup. You know, if that was his comeback, let's say his comeback after an injury, fight again, fight another guy or two, and then, you know, retry it. But, I mean, you're saving the fighter, saving his life. They did the right, the right thing, stopping it, you know. 
Sometimes they stop fights, and I'm like, damn, like, they shouldn't have stopped it. But that was a correct call. That was because he had all, I, I, he had nothing for the stopping room. He had to know that going into it. Like, from round one to round two when it happened, like, he was out cold, and he got saved by the bell. Probably would have ended there. But, yeah, that was Saturday. Like I said, I hung out with the homies, you know, the homies Jake, AJ, you know, everybody. Me and the Bay hung out. Went home, slept, woke up to Sunday football. The Chicago Bears versus my Oakland Raiders. Now, the fucking Raiders, like I said, got that 24-21 victory. And we were up 17-0, which should have been at minimum 20-0 because Richie Incognito uh, had a personal foul, which I don't think was a personal foul, bro. Like... Yeah, he pushed on that guy to get up and then kind of pushed the guy down. But come on, bro. That that is a more tic tacky call than some of the other bullshit. Uh, you know, that could have been three points, if not maybe like a whole nother seven. But I give it three because we were in field range, got out of field range. So I think it was fourth down afterwards. You know. And we punted. I think that was like the first drive. But then we scored 17 points straight up. And that other, and I think a penalty again on that third drive took us from seven to six, or for seven to three points, which gave us. It's December, the fourth of. Anyways, guys, got cut off there for a second. Yeah, I get cut off on the Anchor app because it's on. You do it through your phone. I do it through my phone, and I get cut off when phone calls come in. So it's kind of an annoying thing part about this. But like I said, maybe if this catches traction here in the next year or two, I can get a little setup and just do it at the pad. You know, or do it like somewhere a little bit more professional, like an iPad. And I actually have an iPad. I wonder if I can sync the accounts. Um, okay, but back to the Raiders. We should have been up 20 to 0. I think 20 to 0. If not like perhaps even 21 or 24 0, something like that. Like the first half, the Bears are very fortunate that we were only up 17 to 0 at halftime. You know, very fortunate. We didn't completely embarrass them over there. You know, and when I mean very fortunate, I mean, we were, as I had predicted, I don't know if I told you guys, but as I had predicted, the short passing game was going to kill the Bears. And I think that's the way you're going to kill the Bears. The exact way that the Oakland Raiders beat the Chicago Bears is the way to beat the Chicago Bears. They don't have a great offense. You get up on a lead on them, 7, 10, 14 points, and the defense cannot just do what they want to do they want to pass they want to rush the passer they're built on pass rushing and good corners you know but they i think their linebacking core is a little bit of a mismatch any team can mismatch their linebacking core as was the case yesterday um and i don't think their corners are that good at stopping the run like there's their defense is good you know they had an injury in the beginning the guy had an elbow but that they substitute players in and out all the time, so I don't see the point. Mac was still out there. 
But the short passing attack really, you know, really actually is just something that kills a pass rush. Screens, you know, they they did a play, uh, a running back sweep the other day or yesterday that I, you know, I run that in Madden. I run the wheel route like often in Madden because a lot of people just blitz you, you know, or because, you know, just that's how bad it is. People just blitz the shit out of you. So what do you do? You just call the screen or you call a little dinky pass, you know, to your running back out the backfield and then they go. Like, like that is... Basically, you know, how to beat that type of a... Defense. It is crazy because I was thinking, yeah, the way Derek Carr actually plays is great against that defense because he all he he mostly what everybody bitches about is he throws it short and fast. Like he doesn't allow the places to really develop and get players get downfield. But the Chicago Bears are built to beat teams like that want to do that. The Rams, you know, the Seahawks do that. Atlanta does that or used to. I mean, I don't know. Atlanta's not winning many games this year. Uh, there's a lot of teams built that they have a one or two good deep receivers, and then they they take the top off the defense, and then, and then they hit you with some middle stuff, and then they have a running game to complement it. And that's one way to beat teams, yeah. But that's not the Chicago Bears are built to, to defend that, and and they're actually built to get a little lead. And then just they're gonna just maul you like they did. Case in point, when they did what they did with the Washington Redskins, you know they got a little lead and they were just all over the quarterback. Like that's a game that 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 style of play is how the Bears want to play. That's how the Seattle Seahawks used to play. But the Seattle Seahawks had a better offense than you know Russell Wilson is a far better quarterback than Trubisky or Chase Daniel. You know, so they could play like that and they could grind it out in a knuckler, you know, if need to be. That's not who the bear the bears are. They're not built to grind it out in a knuckler. Because a knuckler really, you know, on a full defensive game, the Bears don't have an offense, I don't believe, capable enough of putting up scoring consecutively four field goals and a touchdown to win again. I don't think they have that. They're built more of... They need two touchdowns to do it. To do what they do. And a pick six, things of that nature. You know. But to me, you know, the Raiders absolutely killed the Bears in the first half. Now the second half gets underway. You know, and a bad, and a bad play happened. You know, Derek Carr tossed it to... Josh Jacobs and the ball just squirted backwards like far and then the Bears got it and scored now to me that kind of a toss that kind of a play really is more of again it's a little bit of a, a gelling thing a little bit of a communication thing a little bit of a they're just Josh Jacobs and Derek Carr have not played together long enough um, you know there's a little bit of a Thing like that, like a little bit of a, you know, just a little bit of a, they need a, you know, 
they need more time to play together. Now, a lot of people are going to jump on that and say that that was a huge mistake by Derek Carr. Huge mistake. All, and it's all on Derek Carr. But I don't, you know, he didn't throw no picks I don't, not that I'm aware of. Uh, he really didn't have that many incompletions. I mean, he hit nine or ten different players for catches. Uh, again, he had a stellar game. And this is all happening without Antonio Brown. He hit Dawes. He hit Morrow. He hit Renfro. He hit uh, Waller. He hit... A, and the running game and the offensive line did a hell of a job in the first half. But that, that goes... Much credit goes to the offensive line. And much credit goes to the way John Gruden has been calling games. Because we did that as well. We did that for about a half against... The Kansas City Chiefs. And we physically abused them. We got up 10-0 on them. And people forget we were up 10-0. Before the avalanche that it was the Kansas City Chiefs happened. Um, we also did that against... Um, I think we did that a little bit against the Vikings in the second half. The offensive line came out and showed out. And then we did it to Indy. We just bludgeoned Indy for, Indy for the most part of the game. And as I said, you know, going back to last weekend's episode of what Indianapolis is. Indianapolis just showed the entire NFL that they are not just a 2-2 two and two team. They're not just um, that they don't play with no heart. They, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And they thoroughly whipped. I, they thoroughly whipped whipped the Chiefs. The score, as I said, the score is 19-13. It isn't really indicative of the way they play. As like I said, they took, you know, Bursette is, you know, bless that man's soul because he had a mountain of things to overcome. Extending from even last year, you know, Andrew Luck left. They thrust him into the picture. You know, I think he quit just before the season or... You know, a couple of weeks into the preseason, you know, Andrew Luck just pieced out, you know. You know, no, maybe not even a warning. You know, but Brissett gets in there and they take San, the Los Angeles charges to overtime and they lose to, which I think is a superior quarterback and a little bit more gelled together team. But the Indianapolis Colts, uh, they've been into every game. You know what I mean? They play very well. Uh, you could, I could see that miles away, miles away, that the Indianapolis Colts are a lot better. And I even raved and ranted about them a little bit ago about how good they actually are as a team. They're not, they're not missing much. As a matter of fact, I literally think you put T.Y. Hilton back there. You give them one premier corner or defensive lineman. And you give Brissett another year or two. And they're right there. Uh, they're an 11-win, 12-win team. Because they're going to whip the AFC South. They might only go... They might only split one win with... Or uh, one and one against, you know, the Texans and Deshaun Watson which is another fantastic team. But I think the Colts 
could easily rack up five wins in their division, if not four or six. You know, they could win four for sure. Five most likely. They could even sweep, you know, the Texans a couple times. You know, not every year, but maybe, you know, one year, you know, something like that. So there's there's five that and Peyton Manning feasted on those teams. And you that offensive line just absolutely abused. They abused and they actually made the Kansas City Chiefs look like clowns. Uh, to score that few points at home, you have Mahomes. Um, you know, a lot of people have been pegging these Chiefs as somewhat of like the paper champions. And the, the Colts literally went out and proved it. But much to the Raiders you know benefit the Raiders absolutely dominated the Colts too for most part of the game last week uh we did it we the way we played yesterday against the Bears is the way we played against the Colts uh you know we had a couple of picks yesterday we actually had a pick and then we had a pick overturned that was returned for six but it was overturned because of allegedly there was um roughing the passer you know, and I actually thought that that wasn't a rough into the passer. Uh, Derek Carr gets roughed up more than that, and they don't call that shit. Um, but you know, the mistake happened with Derek Carr that led to a quick seven. Then, you know, their their offense got a little bit of traction. Any team is going to score, for the most part, if you have even respect for yourself as a team, you're going to score seven to fourteen points in the game. 7 to 10 to 14. If your team has heart. If you don't get, if your team don't got no heart, you're going to get blanked like the fucking Jets. You're going to get blanked like the fucking Redskins and score 7 and then do nothing else the rest of the game. You know. But the Chicago Bears, you know, got a little bit of momentum after that fumble. They scored 7, then they scored another 7. And then I think the last one, yeah, our defense was just worn out from playing them, you know. But, uh, you know, they got up 21 to 17. We drive down pretty much the length of the field. And Travis Davis fumbles at the one-yard line, at the one-yard line. And I actually thought that was a touchdown. When I seen it live, I was like, dude, he crossed. Doesn't matter about the fucking fumble. He crossed, but you know he sh- fumbled about a half a yard from the one yard line, or from the goal line. You know, punched out, Peanut Tillman style. You know, an excellent defensive play. You know that guy did not give up. They were about to bend and break right there, but they did not. They get that. You know, and I think they punted it to us. You know, but we should have been up twenty four at that point right there. You know, then they kick the ball. You know, they have the ball for a little bit. They kick the ball back to us. We go back down the field again. A ninety. I mean, we went a ways. You know, and the last drive we we faked the punt. I mean, we did a lot of things right in the last drive. You know, Josh Jacobs from the two punches it in. Go. We go up twenty four twenty one at that point, and the game is. You know, they had Chase Daniels would have had to have an immaculate, you know, 
come back to beat us. But and but we had, like I said, we had four or five chances to beat the Bears. I mean, to put the game away. But we really, we really beat, we really beat them. Uh, outside of like about two scoring drives that they had, we really beat them. Like we beat the brakes off of them. We had a lot of long drives. That drive where we fumbled on the one yard line uh, was clearly a long drive. Then the ensuing game winning drive, you know, Derek Hart tossing that ball, Jacobs running the ball, you know, that was a good offensive drive to seal the deal. Like, you know, and Raider Nation still, for whatever reason, debating if Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Derek Carr is a phenomenal quarterback. I think he's the best quarterback we've had in a long time. And it's not even close. And now that him and John Gruden are gelling, you know, they gelled late last season and now we're three and two. And you can't that's not an accident. We've lost to the Chiefs and we've lost to the Vikings. Both are Super Bowl contending teams. The Bears I thought were pretenders. Uh we play Green Bay, which is another Super Bowl contending team, but I think we're going to show out. I, think, I really think that the Oakland Raiders, we get a bye week. But the next game, I think the next game we do play is the Packers. And I really do think that the Raiders are going to show up to play. Um, Rodgers got some running game, but his throwing is down. And we got a running game. And Derek Carr's, they're two even teams. The only thing that they got as an advantage, they're at home and they got Rodgers. We got Derek Carr, which is a pretty good quarterback. Uh, I think we go. We we must. We got to be ranked a little bit higher than the middle of the road team right now. Like we're not in the twenties. We got to be in the teens. We got to be. You know, I don't know the NFL power rankings right now, but we got to be 15, 16, 17 overall. I mean, somewhere in that. And I think with another win or two, if we get if we for whatever reason get up four to two, you know. Five and two, anything like that. I mean, the the conversation has to be like we're a playoff team, and this is a much different than what I had anticipated the season being. I thought we were going to lose some of these road games. Uh, I had us starting off like one and or two and fucking six. We could easily be six and two. Um, we've got back to back wins for the first time under Gruden, and I think we got a good chance of beating the Packers. Uh, Dallas. I watched the game yesterday. Dallas is pretender as a pretender. Uh, they've lost to two good playoff teams inconvincingly. Because if Drew Brees was on the Saints, they would have put twenty points on them, and you know that game would getting game would have been over. Aaron Rodgers at one point was thirty-one to three, and they let off the gas to make it interesting. But I mean, you know. Those are cheap. Those are cheap touchdowns in true garbage time. You know, everybody wants to talk about Derek Carr's garbage time. Dak Prescott threw a couple of touchdowns in complete garbage time. It was not even nowhere near close. Their game was nowhere near close. It was thirty-one to three. The Cowboys absolutely got dick slapped all over TV. America's game of the week was not even a game. It was more of watching the Packers love fest. But going back to my Raiders, you know, we're 3-2 and two heading into the bye week. Uh, Derek Carr is phenomenal, man. He's phenomenal. He's having a really good year. Um, everybody want, is still bitching about them short throws, but you know what? AB's not there. We's, we've got to groom 
Tyrell Williams, you know, to be a number one guy, we got to draft a number one receiver or we got to get one in free agency. And looking down the road, I think we're going to get one. Who's not going to want to complain Vegas? Brand new facility, a whole injection of new fans. You know, Oakland, the Cal- Raiders still pretty much are a California team right now. But once the state of Nevada joins to the pile, and they already kind of are, but once they, the casual fan that's like, hey, I want to go catch the Raiders play, you know, my cousin's favorite team, the fucking, you know, he likes, my cousin likes, you know, for for instance, next season, I don't know who they're going to play. Like, oh, I want to go see the Raiders play my cousin's favorite team, the X team. You can pick one, you know, the Miami Dolphins or... Pittsburgh Steelers or, you know, the New York Giants or the Jets or, you know, that, yeah, that's my cousin's favorite team. I want to go to the Raider game. The casual fan, you know, and the Raiders are going to be good. I think going into Vegas, this season's already a lot different than what I thought. I'm already thinking based off of what we've seen, we've had a good sampling of the Raiders now. The Raiders could easily be 8-8 eight and eight now. Like I said that after we went 2-2 two and two in a must-win scenario against Indy, which was a really good team, as was proven last night. I'm repeating myself, but I don't... I know I said that last week about the Indianapolis Colts being sneakily good, and it was a true test if we were actually had any heart. We did. We beat them. And they came out yesterday and showed their heart against the un... You know, the monstrous fucking Kansas City Chiefs in the 40 points a game you know, type of shit that they do, you know, the hype that ESPN gives that team, you know, but that with a, you know, going back to it, we're an easy 8-8 and team now, you know, we're going to be hard-pressed to, for, to ask the Raiders to lose, lose out the rest of the year, we got three wins, you know, to drop 13, you know, tw- uh, 11 more losses in a row is hard-pressed. But I think we can easily win another four or five. Easily. To get us to eight wins. Can we win more than that? Of course we can. Um, you know, as the as the year progresses, some teams, you know, we play the Bengals who are winless. We play the Jets who are also winless. Uh, I think we're going we're gonna to beat the Chargers twice. Uh, the Chargers, the wheels have fallen off the Chargers now. Uh, their wheels have been falling off them for a couple of weeks. Um, they lost to Detroit. They lost to the winless Broncos. And the Bron- but the Broncos were actually... They're actually a lot better than people think they are. You know, even though they were winless. But they, they've lost in a couple of last-second field goals. But the Chargers... Um, the Chargers are showing their true colors now. As to what kind of team they actually are. And the Raiders are going to beat them. And I think they're going to beat them twice. Um, I think we're going to be Kansas City late this season because I, I think Kansas City would have already wrapped up, you know, a playoff spot, and I think they're going to be protecting Mahomes, um, as is the case last night. He can't, he can't, they cannot afford him to have a sprained ankle going into the playoffs. So I think we're going to beat the Chiefs late in the year. So I see three wins right there. That takes us to six. No, actually, two against the Chargers, one against the Chiefs. That's three. We play the Bengals and Jets. That's five wins. I see those five wins. Uh, depending on how the Broncos playing, because we had to go to Denver, 
Um, that could be six wins. It could not. You know, Denver's going to be people playing really well now. But as I said, that, you know, I, th- I think we get to eight wins. We can get. We're going to beat the winless Bengals and the winless Jets, and we're going to beat the brakes off of those teams. The two against the Chargers are going to be close, and as well as the one against the Chiefs. Probably that's going to be our playoff spot on the line if we can make it to the playoffs. Um, so there's five wins. I mean, so we only need to win another. That takes us to eight. We only need to pick up a two wins somewhere else. Could be the Broncos. That would take us to nine wins. And we're going to have to beat the Lions. Or we're going to have to beat the Packers. Or we're going to have to beat uh, the Texans. We're going to have to beat one other really good team for us to really make the playoffs. Um, but I can kind of see us still getting five wins. You know, obviously... That's on the optimistic level. Now, I don't got really got an issue with it. Um, but they're saying that we're going to go 8-8 eight eight now. But I think we can maybe get 9 wins, maybe 10, if we play our cards right. And if the team really smells it, if we can really get into the hunt of things, the Oakland Raiders possibly could sneak into and maybe win a playoff game on the road. Because I, I don't see the landscape of the AFC being really competitive. It's pretty much the Patriots, the Chiefs, and then who else? Maybe, you know, there's other teams been getting losses. The Texans look good. But so do the Raiders. So do the, so do the Ravens. So do a number of teams, but the Browns. But looking in the playing field, I think the Raiders have a shot of not only going to the place, but winning the game. Uh, and if and if the stars align, I hope we go and play a playoff game in in New England. I would love to end the Oakland State. I don't even give a fuck if we lose the game, but I would like to get one sack on Brady. Maybe even play a close competitive game. You know, and end Oakland's last year in Oakland with the playoff game against the Patriots just for old time's sake just for the nostalgia part of it just so that they know we're back you know and this is we're coming you know we we may probably going to lose that game but I think we could beat the Browns I think we could beat the Ravens I think we could beat the Texans um I I don't know if we could beat the Texans that's but I think we could beat the Browns the Browns play with a lot of the Browns play actually right into the hands of the Raiders. Wild throws. If we can get a lead on them, it's pretty much done. Uh, covering OBJ is going to be a challenge, but every team's got one of those receivers. It's a challenge. But, okay, back to it. If we get a top wide receiver in free agency, uh, the Raiders are going to be back on the map. We need to get Farrell back You know, next year. And the defense is going to shore up. Vontaze, Vontaze Burfitt, uh, I actually like the guy. I don't agree with his suspension. Maybe he's going to win it tomorrow. But I really do think... I just... I We should pay that man to coach the linebacking core of the Raiders. He should be a coach. You know, get him off the field. But bring that intensity. He knows how to play. Yes, his hits are quote-unquote dirty, but they wouldn't have been dirty 20 years ago. 
He's a football guy. You know, does he target people? I you know I don't really give a fuck about the targeting and the concussions. The NFL does. You know, the NFL wants to be this glitzy sport, much like the NBA, much like baseball, where the players have fucking extended long careers. But I I see football as another uh, uh, there's another coin to it. Um, there's there's a, there's always a reverse. Football, the defense has been getting worked on, you know, for a long time now. People just are, want this to be an offensive league, you know, and all, literally no defense. But the defensive players, any of the good teams that win have a defense. They just have a defense. Um, but the, the league, you know, they, eventually the league is going to have to sit, really sit down and look, look, okay, you can't hit the heads of any players. You can't hit the legs of a quarterback. You can't even throw the quarterback down roof. You know, what's going to happen is gonna, defenses are going to destroy the other players that actually have a bigger say in an offense. You know, the running backs, the, the linemen. You know, the tight ends. Those people are going to get the brunt of the damage now. Like, you can't touch the wide receivers too much. And you can't really touch the quarterbacks. So, in the mo- that's why the mobile quarterbacks are now coming up in the league. Like, oh, all those plays look amazing. Wow, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? The fact of the matter is, if you can't throw it to anybody, you know, you take out the tight ends. You take out the running backs. You take out... You just double cover everybody else. I mean, where are you going to go with the ball? And that has to do with them putting a lot of emphasis on not hitting the quarterback. Well, okay. A lot of teams are going to start playing 3-4 then, you know, coming down the years to come. And they're going to take away the points elsewhere until they lighten up those rules. And I get the, the league wants to be a safe sport. Until they lighten up those rules, they're not going to understand exactly the damage that's being done to the game. Um, it's just the just the way it is. Now going back to Derek Carr, uh, yeah, we're gonna get a top wide receiver moving to Vegas. We're gonna get one. We're gonna be a good team going forward. Um, they, like I said, this season shape shaping out to be a really good season for the Raiders. Um, and a uh, and it's gonna be a good send off for you know Oakland. If we leave on a good note, you know, all is forgiven. A playoff win, all is all is forgiven. You know, just win. That's if you win, all is forgiven. All is, you know, we play the Patriots and we take them down to the water and they win on the last second field goal. The players that are the Oakland Raiders will be celebrated, even in a losing effort. You know, and we're going to pick up so much more fans in Vegas. Southern California is going to be excited to travel to Vegas. They already go to Vegas. The NorCal East Bay Raider Nation, you know, it's just a quick flight, guys. You know, the Raiders will have a new home. You know, it's not in California. You know, I get it's not in Oakland anymore. But things change. Times change. They didn't go cross country. They're as close as you possibly can be. 
I literally think without being in San Diego and without in LA, you know, LA's off the map, you know, with the Chargers and the Rams. I don't really think the Raiders make any sense in San Diego myself. But Las Vegas does. So good things are on the horizon. Yesterday was a great win for the team. They said they beat the brakes off of the Bears. They really pummeled him. Uh, our offensive line. Kudos to our offensive line. You know, and we silenced Mac. We silenced. That was a big thing. Mac versus Carr. Mac, you know, the trade. Gruden versus Mac. You know, Oakland versus Chicago. You know, this, that. There was a lot of things heading into that game. You know. But it was a great win for the team. A great win. A good way to go into the bye week. You're going to get the week off. I think the next game we do play is the Packers. So, you know. It's just it's just a great win. Now, moving on from that. The Dodgers are in great shape. To now. Close out the Nationals. Kershaw had an ugly game the other day, but now Rich Hill takes on Scherzer. I think Rich Hill can give a couple innings, and then they play tonight. But we have a chance of closing them out. One step closer to the World Series, you know. And it's much to be excited about for the Dodgers as well, because if the Dodgers get one step closer, I think we can beat the Braves, and I think we can beat the Cardinals. Uh, and that leads us to just figuring out if we can beat the Astros or the Yankees. I think it's going to come down to one of those two teams. I prefer the Astros in a rematch. But if we got to go against the Yankees, I mean, I don't like our chances there. But um, uh, give us a 50% shot. You know, and the Dodgers hung 10 points on the board last night. It was incredible. Come back. Sixth inning, meltdown by the Nationals really doomed them and really doomed their series. I mean, they were up 2-0 to o on us. You know, they could have easily put more points on the board. They actually scored four runs. Could have been 4-0 heading into the, like, seventh or eighth, like they had anticipated. We'd be looking at a much different scenario with the Dodgers and a do-or-die tonight against Scherzer. But I think that pressure is off the Dodgers. And now the pressure's on Scherzer, and I've seen what happens to teams when they, when, you know, a little bit of nerves creep in, a little bit of, they're not as sharp and clean, you know, as you want to be, and just errors happen. I mean, we can get to Scherzer, you know. Keep, if we keep it 0-0 and they got to put in their relievers, I mean, I think it's just, it's just automatic. We won. You know. I have not seen the Joker yet. Um... I might see it tonight, but I know tonight is Monday Night Football, so I might pause this episode here. And I don't know who plays Monday Night. I think it's the Browns versus somebody. I don't know who the fuck is Monday Night Football. Do I want to know who's Monday Night Football? Do I care to know? Man, I don't know. Like, I don't know who plays tonight. I really don't. Um, You know, it's kind of crazy. I'm just really excited about my Raiders, you know, winning. 
So that's where I'm going to leave you guys. Unless I watch the Joker, you know, I'll review that too. But I, I, I may watch it uh, maybe tonight, you know, be Monday or maybe during the week. I heard it's a good movie. I wanted to see it because it was my birthday movie and, you know, I may actually go. Like last year, I seen Venom last year before my birthday. It was, you know, it was just something I do now like the movie comes out really around October but I'm also looking forward to Maleficent so and Zombieland so alright guys I'm gonna wrap this up here like I said unless I do something else I'll post that or you know give a review or whatever the case may be if not this will get posted up and I'll see you guys on the next one Knock Loose is coming up this week so I'm excited for that as well you know let's go All right, guys, I'm out.